Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Hello and welcome to the Game Day podcast from TalkSport with me, Sam Matterface, the assistant editor of The Mirror, Darren Lewis, and TalkSport football correspondent, Alex Crook. England prepare for the quarterfinal showdown with Spain. Germany roll on. Holland take a slice of the Swiss. And the pre-season tours offer us insight into what the managers are thinking. United sign Lissandro Martinez. Jesus out to cause chaos. And Tuchel worried a little bit about tackles and the jabs. The best transfer tittle-tattle that you can download. The Game Day podcast from TalkSport. This is Game Day. Yes, hello, here we go. The Game Day podcast from TalkSport. Alex Crook is here, hello. Good morning. We're in a studio today, which is quite weird for us, because usually we're at opposite ends of the country. But today, I can actually see you in in 3D. In all my glory. (laughs) There's not much glory about it. I don't want to be rude. However, uh, in traditional Zoom sense, uh, Darren Lewis is joining us from a remote location. Hello, Darren. Hello. Where are are you? I'm in my hotel room in Las Vegas. Um, Las Vegas, Nevada. Have you lost your shirt yet, Darren? Not quite, not quite, but I'm trying to see what I can rustle together and sell um, (laughs) before I have to resort to my shirt. Perry Groves told me a great story about um, Las Vegas, that he went there with his dad, and his dad gave him, like, serious instructions about what he was, how he should um, gamble. And it was about, basically, every time you go to the casino, you should go to the roulette machine, right? And you should um, put five dollars down on a, or five quid down on a, on red, right? And then if it loses, then you should put fifteen dollars. And if it loses again, then you should put um, forty-five dollars. And you should triple up every time because eventually you will, because it's red or black, you will make your money back and profit. Interesting. Give it a go, Darren. It was really interesting until he said he tried it out in a casino in Las Vegas, and after eight, after six times of him doing it. The pit managers realised what he was doing, came over and chucked him out and banned him for three days. And he Seems didn't a win. bit harsh. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's a well-known tactic tell, or something. I, the, the thing is, I must tell you yes. about, about this place. When you come out of the airplane, mm. out of the airplane mm. onto the, uh, you're literally walking off. You know, you get off the plane, you walk up the long barrier when you come off, or mm. long, whatever you call it. The first thing you see when you come out are slot machines. Mm. And then uh, you go into baggage reclaim and there is uh, card symbols and, and everywhere is pointing you in one direction. Basically. Yeah, the and casino. As, exactly. And you, as soon as you come off the plane and here where I'm staying, the entire bottom floor is casino. Uh, it's slot machines. It's... Um, there are lots of eateries and restaurants and everything is designed to keep you in and around the casino. Mm-hmm. It is just one, the entire city, I would argue, is one big casino. It is. And if you don't, 
where you uh, get here, something will tempt you in that direction while you are here. It's a, it's a wonderful city, but it's a city that just does not sleep. As you're, I'm talking to you, there are still people on the roller coaster which goes around my hotel outside. That's our crazy. Are you in New York, New York? I am. Oh. I am. Uh, I was there literally two weeks ago, so it's like, you know, it's my favourite place on earth. Uh, there's a brilliant sports bar that does loads of beer, like German beer. There's a German sort of sports bar down in your hotel. You should uh, yes. watch some sport there. And it is a brilliant thing where there's like loads of TVs and there's no sound, but you can get an app, right, where you can tune into the TVs and listen to the sound on the TV. So if you want to watch a sporting event, you can do. It's fantastic. I absolutely, I love Las Vegas. It is like, to me just sensational because you can do anything you want you can spend as much and as little as you want depending on what you want to do you can get a Burger King you can get a high-end restaurant you can go to a show also you can have a great big pool party you can sit in and you know watch TV it's up to you you can do whatever you want quickly tell you if the, the pool parties you can go into any hotel mm. and get involved in their pool party I know I was at one. I've been. I was. I was at one three weeks ago. Actually, I went. I went. I went with my daughter, who's twenty-two and a half, and her boyfriend. And I thought I was really like cool, you know, because you're uh, definitely not. And I, I, I realized very quickly after being at that pool party for about an hour that I'm not. <laughs> I, 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 I could have told we, you before you went in. Should we do some football? <laughs> so you the reason you're in Las Vegas because Chelsea are there, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, play their first game on Saturday. I have to say they looked. Quite good. Um, I listened to your show um, from here in Las Vegas, and uh, you you weren't you you you, d you didn't think they played that well, or you, you thought they were a bit rusty. But I didn't think they were rusty at all. I thought only one player was rusty, and for me that was Ben Chilwell. But you can understand it because he's had the ACL being out for so long. But the rest of them actually, I thought played well. There was one a, thing you, that you, you, you watched the whole game. I didn't see the whole game. I only yeah. saw the highlights. But also, I looked. <laughs> it was just the the bit where Reese James turns back and fires it to Kepa Riva Balaga, and they're completely on a different wavelength. And it, that just looked a little bit pre-season to me. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I mean, early on, there was a couple of wayward uh, bits of distribution from Kepa. But overall, I thought that what struck me was that Chelsea were at it. The passing was very crisp, very precise. Kennedy, who always comes around, uh, you, you always remember around this time of year that he plays for Chelsea because he's only ever involved in the preseason and then he gets loaned out. Five times he's been loaned out <laughs> in a Chelsea shirt. So that gives you an indication of how unwanted he is. The new um, Lucas Piazon. Yeah, well, indeed. I think his contract must be written in blood that he can never leave. Well, Michi um, Bashuai was there as well. He was shocking. He, you know, you can see why he's not getting a game at Chelsea. Um, try as he might, had no composure, no, just wasn't on the same wavelength as his teammates. And the, obviously the good players, of you could tell them a mile apart. And Conor Gallagher, who I thought had some good touches in yeah. the first half. Um, and looked really confident. Thomas Tuchel, after the match, said that he was very pleased with what he did and that the signs look promising. He said now he's just got to learn what Chelsea's principles for playing are. But overall, I thought they were really good. Darren, where are we at with uh, Armando Brozier? Because I think I'm right in saying that he's actually left the tour and is on his way back to England. I know he picked up an injury um, in a training session. We know there's been a bid from West Ham. Thomas Tuchel has said publicly he wants him to stay from what I'm hearing behind the scenes, I'm not sure that's completely true, is it? No, it's not. It's a negotiating position. Broya did not feature on uh, Saturday 
in the preseason friendly. And you would imagine that if he were going to play some parts, he would have done. Um, now, that's not to say that it wouldn't be the case because uh, Mendy didn't play on Saturday and we all know he's going to be the first choice keeper this season. Uh, Koulibaly didn't play. He was on the bench along with Sterling uh, on the bench. He, he was on the sidelines watching. Uh, but Breuer, I think, is um, not going to be a Chelsea player in the Chelsea sense this season. I think he is indeed going to play for another team and the favourite look as though it's going to be West Ham. Yeah, on loan... Even though yes, West Ham would hello. like a permanent deal, they're not going to get one, are they? Chelsea are probably going to just loan it, loan him out, yeah, yeah. loan him out they again. Do that. Yeah, they'll just loan him out. I mean, we just joked about Kennedy, but he's been out five times. And um, if it is the case that Bro is going to go to West Ham and explode in a football footballing context, uh, Chelsea don't want to be caught napping. They're very sharp on that sort of thing, as you know. Mm. Um, elsewhere, Bayern Munich chief executive Oliver Kahn has started to talk about Harry Kane. He said um, he's an absolute top striker and a dream of the future. After uh, they've just sold Robert Lewandowski, could 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 it be that uh, Bayern Munich could try and tempt Harry Kane to Bavaria? I think only if Tottenham were to miss out in the Champions League this season I think as long as they keep finishing the top four as long as they keep progressing uh, under Antonio Conte as long as they're in the conversation for the major trophies I would be surprised if he made that move um, Lewandowski has gone to Barcelona he met up with his team obviously because it's uh, uh, pre-season tour time they're in Florida Darren I mean could you not hot foot it you're going to Florida aren't you you're going to Orlando aren't you I am any chance to, you could sort of uh, go and have a look at Barcelona as well <laughs> They've got about 150 uh, players. They, from they'll what fit I've in said. well in Florida because they're a bit of a Mickey Mouse club this summer, aren't they? Hey. Uh, hey. Um, I'm going to Charlotte in, well, literally in about 10 hours after we. Oh, would you this. like to meet up with my brother? He lives there. He's the nicer wow. matter face. And he's, going, he's actually going to, um, he's going to the game. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll send How you his you? number. You can, you can hook up with him. He's, he's, he's basically yeah. a top chef. You could, he'll cook you a great dinner. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, can I bring my other five journalists that I'm travelling with? Yes. Here we, do you know what? I'll arrange him to do a cookout around his house for all five of you. He loves to do that stuff. Hey, hey. Listen, I, 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 I'm sure he and Charlotte will be amazing. And I'm really looking forward to going there. It's in the south of the country. Um, it's, as I say, about eight hours away. I think, uh, sorry, four hours away. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it should be gorgeous. But as far as Chelsea are concerned, they go from there to Orlando on Thursday before coming back next Sunday. And um, are they going to get Jules Kunde, I suppose, Cook? Because that's a big question. I mean, Barcelona, again, have been linked with him. And, you know, I mean, Barcelona have linked with everyone. In, but is he going to end up at Chelsea? Because they do need to buy another central, at least one more central defender, don't they, after acquiring Koulibaly? Yeah, I think they want two, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, we know that they're after Kim Pembe at Paris Saint-Germain, but PSG are not pushing him out the door. In fact, I think the new manager, Christophe Gautier, said, it's your decision. I'd like you as part of my plans. If you want to go, then I will sanction the move as well. Obviously, the two clubs uh, have to agree a package. So I think it's a struggle at the moment for Chelsea to get those extra defensive recruits. And obviously, what they do, we've been talking about young players and uh, players being loaned out. It's going to have real implications on Levi Colwell. A uh, young player did well at Huddersfield last season. I know John Terry is a massive admirer. There's been comparisons uh, between the two players. And I think he's pushing for Chelsea to give Colwell 
a starting opportunity. And I think there will be a swathe of Chelsea supporters who, rather than spending big money on Jules Kunde, who's been linked with them for eternity, would like to see Colwell given an opportunity in the first team. Darren, do you think that's going to happen? No, I don't. I don't think this season is going to be the season for that to happen because, as as Tuka put it to us, uh, Conte is busy creating the strongest Tottenham side the Premier League has ever seen. You've got Arsenal have made shrewd signings. Liverpool and Chelsea are going to be strong. Man United, look, so they're getting one or two players now and they're gathering momentum in a transfer sense. So there's no room for manoeuvre. I think they will sign with Kim Pembe. Uh, a deal looks as though that's very close to being done. To my money and crew, well, all of us and even everyone listening at home or wherever will know that when managers don't want to sell their players, it's never up to the player. It's up to the club. Look at West Ham. Regardless of what Declan Rice wants to do, they're keeping him. When a manager says it's up to the player, you know that they're prepared to let them go at the right price. And that's what's happening with Kempembe. I think he'll be a Chelsea player before the end of the week. Kunde's the interesting one because Barcelona keep looking over across at Chelsea's homework. And every time Chelsea move for a player, Barcelona nip in and pinch them. Uh, obviously, that's been the case with Rafinha and with Lewandowski. Now, and I think they might have a little stiff around Kunde. I don't know where they get the money from, but I didn't know where they got the money from from the other two, and they managed it. But I think that Chelsea want two experienced players in to partner uh, Koulibaly. A, because Silva is 37 and he won't play as many games as he did last season. And B, because they want an experienced back four. They want to build on the bedrock. They, they want to make that the foundation of their season. And I think if they get those names, they'll have such a brilliant combination of speed, ingenuity and experience. So I think they will get both players if they can. Yeah, I'm just looking at pictures of uh, Robert Lewandowski on Miami Beach. Um, just sort of chilling out and looking pretty cool. Um, I, I remember when he used to have grey hair, actually. Um, but he hasn't anymore, has he? He goes I mean, to the same barbers as you. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, uh, actually, his dye job is, a, is worse than mine, actually, isn't it? I've left a little bit of salt of pepper in there just to make it look sort of half convincing. I mean, that is like... You know, it's almost purple. Yeah, he's <laughs> looking. He's had a purple rinse from back in the day, and I'm not sure, necessarily sure he's pulling that off. Uh, West Ham looked to try and pull off a deal for Hertha Berlin uh, defender Jordan uh, Turunariga, um, the 24-year-old German, subject of a two million euro bid from Ghent, uh, where he spent a season on loan. But that's cheap. Um, it looks like there's going to be five million for West Ham United after what has been a, a reasonable season for uh, Turunariga, who's probably, if he does stay, will end up being in the Berlin first team. Darren, where are we at with West Ham? Because we know in the past the owners have been accused of making bids that they know have no chance of being accepted just to make themselves look busy. I think they certainly did that in January when it came to the likes of uh, Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. We know they're in for Brogia, uh, Scamacha as well. There's a bid on the table uh, for Sassuolo for the Italian striker. Onana as well at Lille. How many of those do you see coming to London Stadium? How many of those are genuine bids, do you think? I think all of them. Uh, I think what West Ham have had to do is wait until the bigger clubs get their players in because they've seen on a number of occasions, you've mentioned a couple of the players and there have been others where Chelsea have made moves for them and those players have been uh, tempted by far bigger clubs who can offer them Champions League football 
And so at West Ham, a lot of people have said, oh, well, you're dithering, but they're not. They're just waiting for other clubs to do their business, knowing that once that happens, they can start to make a few moves. Uh, Onana, the midfielder, looks very competent. You pair him with Rice in midfield. You've got a very powerful combination of graft and distribution. Skamaka is an interesting strike. I think he scored, was it 16 goals 16, last season? Yeah. Um, and he would add much needed cutting edge up front along with Broyeb. They want both players. And if they can do a loan for one and pay the 30, what, 30, 40 million for the other, I think they will believe they've had a good window. The interesting one for me is left back because I know uh, David Raum at Hoffenheim, I think it is. Um, forgive me if I've got his club wrong. Uh, but David Raum, the left back, plays for German, the German national team. Good player had the most assists last season in the Bundesliga. Um, and he looks as though he's on Moise's radar, which to me suggests that Arthur Masuaku and Aaron Cresswell are going to be out of the door or going to be settling for a, a, a squad place, which I would imagine neither player would be happy with. Yeah, I mean, Cresswell's coming to the autumn of his career and he made two catastrophic errors at the end of the season in the Europa League where he got sent off twice remarkably in the space of a couple of games um, and actually cost, I think, West Ham a place in, in the final of the Europa League. Uh, but also, he's just getting to that age now where they probably need to turn that position over. He was very important to them, though, on that left side of a three-man defence. He creates well from set pieces. So if they are going to replace him, they're going to need to replace those deliveries and goals that he creates. Yeah, I've heard a couple of names, actually. Uh, Jordan Zamora, young player down at Bournemouth, had a breakthrough year for them, played a big part, actually, in them getting promoted. I think Bournemouth are trying to tie him down uh, to a new contract, but at the moment, he's uh, he's up next summer. And Charlie Taylor at Burnley also is another name that's been mentioned to me as a, a possible incoming at, at London Stadium. So I think Darren's right. They are looking at that, that left-back area. Interesting. Uh, well, Manchester United uh, on tour in the Far East, and it's been quite an interesting uh, tour for them. They beat Liverpool, then they beat Melbourne victory when they went to Australia. Um, they've signed Christian Eriksen. They've signed Lissandro Martinez. They did that over the weekend. There was a great piece in the Times this morning, which was talking about Zidane Iqbal. And, uh, you know, he's had a couple of good weeks on tour, played well in that 4-1 victory over Melbourne victory. He's a bit of a fan favourite already because he's got quite a good repertoire of skills and, and, and doesn't mind showing them off, an attacking midfield player. But he is a rare thing, isn't he? He's a local lad who has been on United's books since he was spotted playing for sale when he was nine years of age. And he is of South Asian heritage. And there isn't that many Premier League players that come through from that community. So he says he wants to inspire people and he's really enjoying himself. I just wonder whether or not that Eric Ten Hag, who's got a, a reputation for bringing through young players, he may well be the Manchester United starlet that ends up getting a bit more game time than maybe we would have expected a couple of weeks ago. I think there's a few, isn't there? Charlie Savage, uh, son of Robbie, has had a decent uh, tournament as well. Did you see the barb from Paul Skulls on that? Say, it was brilliant. <laughs> I think he got his passing skills from his mum, which uh, was quite entertaining. <laughs> uh, you've got Pelestri as well, who scored a decent goal in, in one of the two games. I think it was against Liverpool that he, he scored a goal. So w with the extra subs this season, the fact that, that teams can use five subs in a game... I think you will see a lot of youngsters probably who would normally be sent out on loan maybe being kept in-house just to protect that squad depth. And one of those might be Conor Gallagher. You mentioned that he played well at the weekend and um, I agree with you. I think he's he's he's... he's He's a star that Chelsea should try to to mould into the team. Do you think that Thomas Tuchel 
is going to keep him, Darren, bearing in mind the conversations you've had with Tuchel this week? Yes, uh, I, I do. Uh, uh, Gallagher spoke to us, uh, the small band of journalists that's here uh, in LA, and he, he explained the circumstances of last season that he'd gone to Tuchel and said, look, I want to play, and outlined his position, said a lot of things that... Um, Tuchel wanted to hear. Tuchel said a lot of things that he wanted to hear. And he's got a chance out here to nail it down with his performances. And he's already started doing that. Interestingly, Tuchel talked about how he trains as well. So it isn't just in the games where it's impressive, but there's a real intensity to the way that he's training. There was some good distribution from him on Saturday in the game. A really nice pass that he provided. I'm sure you've seen the goals already. Yeah. Uh, and even the highlights. And um he provided a, a lovely pass for Barkley, who should have scored, but put it over the bar. And he set up one for Cat Havertz as well. He did on the left left side, went past a couple of players, crossed the ball in. Uh, Havertz and Ziyech, uh, sorry, yeah, Havertz and Ziyech were in the box, but neither could control the ball and, and didn't make the most of the chance. But the signs are there. It's only one game so far, but the signs are there that he can make a contribution. And what Tuchel said is he has to now learn out, well, I've said that already, he has to now learn our footballing principles. But I think Gallagher is here to stay for this season. Okay, um, that's the transfer tittle-tattle and the uh, talk from the tours. Uh, let's move on to the last date of the European Championships. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Off the top of the crossbar, has it gone in? It has yes. crossed the line, and England celebrate their first goal of the European Championship. The beautiful thing about a tournament um, is that you're always growing, and I think the best teams grow through the tournament. This by the goalkeeper tapped in, and it's there from Bethlehem. A hat trick, England eight. 
Norway now. Ingle were absolutely brilliant. Serena Wiegmann has won this competition in 2017 and I don't see why she can't do it again. Denmark nil, Spain one and Spain go through as runners up of Group B in which means they'll play England in the quarterfinal next Wednesday. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Yes, the Women's European Championships reaches its last eight stage. Uh, Holland beat Switzerland uh, to go through to play France. Uh, they scored three in the final 11 minutes against Switzerland. 4-1 was the final score to ensure a place in the last eight. Uh, that'd be an interesting quarterfinal, Holland against France. Many people thought that those two could be two of the best teams in the tournament, the reigning champions and, and a team that seems to produce Champions League winners after Champions League winners. Uh, Sweden thrashed Portugal. They're going to play one of Iceland, Italy... Uh, or Belgium in what is probably the lightest quarterfinal and you've got Germany in the other one with England against Spain and uh, Spain were pre-tournament favourites, uh, gentlemen, but uh, a little bit underwhelming so far, not scoring freely despite having lots of possession. But they will be the hardest task that England have faced so far, a cut above the teams that they've faced in the group. Well, they lost a couple of key players, didn't they? Arguably their two best players, Spain, uh, to injury. So that's obviously had an impact I hope this is a really good contest because I think it's been a bit easy for England so far. And as much as we can lord 8 0 and 5 0 victories, I think it can also be a little bit of a turn off. So I hope we're at the quarterfinal stage now. I hope we're going to see some real uh, intense matches. Um, and I hope, maybe this is the sadist in me, but I hope that the Lionesses are pushed to the line a little bit because I think as a nation, we always take more pleasure. Um, in our players being made to suffer uh, for glory, and that hasn't happened so far. So basically, what you're saying is, is they've been too good, and you haven't enjoyed it because they've that they've they've cruised. Yeah, I mean, what, how how can yeah, I admire how, I admire I admire the honesty. How can you how can you how can you deal with this fella when England played at the European Championships last year? He slagged them off for not being good enough. Now they're doing bit playing tactically well. <laughs> they're too good, and they're too, they're too good. I just don't. I just you, you can never please this guy. Doesn't matter what you do, you can never please this guy. It's going to be more difficult, uh, even though no Alexia Puteas or Jennifer Hermoso, um, they, they they will have more of the ball against Denmark. They had seventy four percent possession. What it will do is it will allow England to play slightly differently. You know, they they won't have as much possession as they've had in the in the tournament so far. But when they win the ball back, they'll be able to counter at speed, and they've got speed to do that. Lauren Hemp and Beth Mead certainly good on the counter attack. Um, I wonder whether or not it gives them an opportunity to change the way they play and bring in Russo instead of White because Russo probably got a little bit more of a threat in behind than Ellen White, who has done well despite the fact that she hasn't been as prolific as Russo. Before Darren responds to that and probably batters me, can I just back up my point? We had the Open Championship, okay? 150th Open, yeah? Rory McIlroy started four shots clear of Cameron you, Smith. You, you just can't be pleased. You're no, only happy that, about the was, Open because you won a bet on it. No, but if that was a procession and McIlroy won by six shots, would it have been as watchable as Cam Smith coming from four shots back, playing some scintillating golf to take the Clara But that was Jones. the final round of the Open. In the, the first round of the Open, was it as watchable and compelling because Rory played quite boring, normal golf and got to the top of the leaderboard? I, I just think in sport... This I, is the group stage. Yeah. So this is like the first round of, of, of the major. I don't think the 8-0 did, did the competition any favours, especially as Norway were one of the fancied sides. Darren? Look, in the interest of being constructive... 
perhaps you make a, a point um, because Thank I you. think this he does this make a point whether it's a good point or a bad point is up for debate <laughs> well, well this tournament is only partly about the celebration of football um, a lot of people in and around the game not least just, I've said this before in the show you know you, you guys are among a lot of people who've worked very hard to promote the game and to uh, you know make people appreciate the game and, and I, I think this tournament is still about waking people up to the quality of women's football and the entertaining nature of it. And for that to continue to be the case, you need to have competitive matches. It's not England's fault that they're as good as they are. And and I don't think you can lay that at their door. However, I'll be honest, I've been around people who've been watching it here in America. And, um, you know, they, they've remarked, on, and, and there was a huge appetite for, for women's football here in, in more than men's football here in the in, in the USA but there are a lot of people who were saying that that 8-0 wasn't particularly helpful in terms of the depth of quality at this level and maybe there was an argument for the tournament to be smaller and this is just the, the body of opinion I'm putting to you I mean, you, that, that, um, I mean the 8-0 the was against Norway who are former world champions and uh, have got Ballon d'Or winners and Champions League winners the issue with Norway and you know this because you were there on the opening night when they beat Northern Ireland is, is they've all fallen out with each other and um, they, they gave up the ghost that, yeah, that, that's yeah, what it was they, they, were, they, well, had, they had think, a bad night and they gave up the ghost but the feeling was that they were a, a step up from the calibre of opposition that they'd played before. If you look at the numbers as well, England have scored 14 goals without reply. Yeah, which is a record. No one's ever done it before. Exactly. And, and listen, can you blame England for being that good? So I instead, of, instead of saying they're good, we just have to say that everybody else is, is, is rubbish. Great. Exactly. exactly. And this is the problem that some people who don't appreciate the women's game... Alex go, and, and, yeah. you know... <laughs> And this is the reason why, I, in a way, I appreciate what Alex is saying because Alex is coming in it with a kind of man on the street type opinion who might not necessarily be connected uh, or might not necessarily have that interest and want to appreciate. I'm not saying that's the case for you, Alex. I'm saying that what you're articulating is the everyday view of maybe the people with a passing interest. I, I am a man of the people, Darren. It's yeah. often been said. And basically, let's ask him a question. Did you watch the game on Friday night? No. No. Well, there we go then. Because um, I knew what would happen. I, I didn't want that, to watch a 5 0. I didn't want to watch but a 5 0 thrashing. It was a dead rubber. That's why I appreciate what you're saying. It was a dead rubber against the team ranked 47th in the in in the in in the um, in the world. They were the lowest ranked tour- yeah. uh, team in the tournament. You know that. You spent time with them. They're a part time team. They're not like the rest of the 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 other side. So you yes, we could have all predicted that Northern Ireland were going to get beaten in that game. But that's not indicative of the rest of the tournament, is it? Which is why we've had surprise no. results like Norway losing to Austria, which I don't think people and would Sam, have predicted prior to the start and- of the tournament. And Sam, that's the reason why this is such a wonderful game because this will not be 8-0. I mean, Spain are very, as you've been saying, a very technical team. I do expect to see the likes of Alicia Russo in this game. Um, they're still marvelling here about that piece of skill that she provided the other day. Oh, brilliant. She took the, the Mario Gomez goal. Yes, a wonderful goal. And, you know, I think it will be a game for technicians um, and it will be a game where you can really start to appreciate the skill level. And, you know, let's focus on the positives now that we've done that, the other bit. We will be able to appreciate the high level of technical skill and the way both teams are able to combine the sum of their parts. And I expect it to be a very tight game. I, I, this one is one I actually wouldn't want to call that 
that's how tight I think it will be. The, 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 the big problem is, is that England will need to be clinical. Um, something they were against uh, Norway. They were ruthless, clinical, sharp. Um, where the threat will come from Spain is probably in the air. They've got a lot of headed goals. The winner the other night that they got in their game against uh, Denmark was a late header, really good, well-constructed goal. But it's down to the delivery into the box, which I think is is key because the England defenders haven't really had to do that much up until this point. And actually, when they have, they have looked a little bit fragile. They haven't conceded a goal yet, but there was an incident in the first game against Austria where they tried to play out from the back and almost got caught. If they do that against Spain, they will get caught. In the Norway game, they rode a storm in the first five minutes and actually then went on, obviously, and we know what happened. And in the game against Northern Ireland, there was a couple of chances, a few skirmishes, where Northern Ireland, with a little bit more quality, could have caused them a problem. Lauren Lauren Wade did very well, actually, for Northern Ireland. Uh, came close to, to to breaching the England defence in the first five minutes, so they have to be careful. It is going to be the first real test, and and that is a that is a challenge, isn't it? You know, going from nothing, Williamson and Bright having to deal with pretty much not not much in terms of quality opposition up until this point, and then all of a sudden they've got to worry about somebody else, and they've got to be concentrated. Yeah, and in some ways, uh, I think Serena Wiegmann would have wanted that Norway game to be the test that we all expected at the start of the tournament. I, I don't think she will have been particularly pleased it was so easy, because as you say, you're going from cruise control to suddenly in a proper game, and uh, as we've seen in tournaments past, sometimes that isn't an easy transition to make. Yeah, it's interesting, you mixed your metaphors there, you, you were, didn't go for the... The cruise control into, you know, second gear or something, or into stick shift or off-road. You weren't thinking of that? You don't really know do driving, do you? Uh, I'm not the best driver in the world, as you know. <laughs> we're actually very... Unless we're talking golf clubs. We're actually... You're not a very good driver in that sense either, are you? You've, you've got the worst swing I've seen. Ah, right. Okay. Um, okay. Anything else that uh, you are uh, up to this uh, week in uh, in Las Vegas before you go? You got ten hours. You said you're just going to sleep and then go to the airport. Have you seen the Bellagio fountains? That's a big question. The Bellagio fountains. I've been to. Uh, the breakfast is uh, is wonderful. If you do go to Las Vegas, make sure you try that out. We've mentioned the pool parties. The one thing I haven't managed to do is to uh, Grand Canyon out here um, because we haven't been here for long enough and we've been busy at some level on each of the days that we've been here but I'll be back uh, to cover those uh, to cover that and a couple of other things as well but I love it out here and I would highly recommend it yes it's great fun Um, don't worry about the the Grand Canyon when you're flying today to Charlotte you'll probably go over that or something that looks like that just look out the window honestly it's it's almost (laughs) exactly the same because that's what you do when you go to it anyway. So it's, it's, it's a long journey. It takes a little bit of time. It stops you from gambling or or, uh, or partying or doing something fun. So just look out the window, honestly. You, you get the same sort of experience. Can you can you tell my voice is quite like, a, a tiny bit hoarse? Yeah, I did notice that, actually. Why is that? <laughs> is it because it's, it's midnight where you are? Uh, no, no, it's just because it's <laughs> been that kind of trip. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm pleased. I, I, I think you should you have a great time because I must admit, we... Uh, we Why we, are we not there? We, I, I, I don't know. I think we should have been. Yeah. It would have been great. Can you imagine doing White and Jordan today? Uh, from 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 the New York New York hotel ahead of a, a trip to to Charlotte this week. We would have done Vegas. Can you imagine the guests we would have got? I, I think I think next summer we need to look at this. We should be doing a tour, a, a show we said from that a last tour. Last summer we've got to be doing road trips this season. Let's do road trips. Let's do it. 
Okay, uh, Darren, thank you very much. Uh, Crookie, thank you very much. Uh, Crookie and I are doing White and Jordan all week this week between 10 and 1. So anything you've heard on this podcast, you're probably about to hear again. No, I'm only joking. We're doing a different, slightly different show today. We've got loads of other bits and pieces to get into, including the golf and stuff like that. So join us if you can. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.